I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Two Average Girls. Girls. Happy Tuesday. Yes, it is. It's Tag Tuesday. We're glad to have you with us. Today we have a special guest. Uh, We're so happy to have her in. Ann Cooper is joining us. You may have heard of Ann Cooper. She's no relation to me, even though I would love to claim her. I know. And she's got your first name and my last name. It's like we've merged as humans. Exactly. Into one <laughs> terrific person. Exactly. Like she's a way better person than both of us combined. She's kind of <laughs> she got is. the best of everything that we don't have. She absolutely is. She is the founder of a group called the Fiji Kindy Project. And what that is, it's uh, a kindergarten program in Fiji where she sends teams of educators to help share, teach, train, provide education to the folks down there. She is literally doing the Lord's work. And Cooper, we're so glad to have you with us today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you both so much for inviting me. Yeah, we're we've been so, trying to get you here for a, for a while now. I know, and I'm so honored yeah. to finally be here. Tell folks who don't know what the Fiji Kindy Project is. Well, you really explained it well, Anne. Um, but on a personal level, it is just sharing God's word because it's through his grace that we're able to even do what we're doing. And then uh, training teachers that will teach the kindergartens that are in the local villages and then sharing and training and um, providing the school supplies that they would need in the village. Uh, Children did not start school till class one, age six, as of 2004 when we began. And now because of our efforts, the Ministry of Education has partnered with us and it is compulsory that children start kindergarten as young as five years old but that being said there's not much money to help that so we come alongside and try to furnish what the needs would be and train and help the local villages so explain to the listeners a little bit because i didn't know anything about this until i participated with you one year Um, i didn't know much about outside of the united states education isn't the same kind of program that we have we we even when our programs are not very good compared to what they have in a lot of other countries it doesn't even compare right so tell the listeners uh, how it works in fiji and why they needed somebody like a nonprofit like you to come along well i tell you originally back in the day i was in your shoes i had no idea either um fiji especially is known for just a great getaway for a honeymoon or a surfing definitely surfing um diving Mm -hmm. and it's just a beautiful place to be um however if you look in the backyard of fiji it is a third world country sure and I discovered that years ago. And being a former kindergarten teacher, I 
I thought, gosh, what can I do to help? And it was as simple as that question. Um, And realizing slowly but surely um, the needs that they do have. I don't know if that fully answered your question. Tell tell the Um, listeners what what did what was the catalyst to this program that you've started? Mm. What your experience, it's a, it's a great story. I love it. Oh, thanks Denise. Um, well, uh, 2004, we, my husband and I were the typical tourist enjoying going there for, uh, being a celebratory time of our celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. And if it hadn't been going on a boat ride with a fisherman and going, again behind the palm trees and seeing a village and realizing the no electricity the no running water and children just that could be in school running around just running around playing and they could be learning and again they're in homes no kind of educational books or just anything there there was no crayons and um I just knew these children could be learning and so what prompted it truly is just going back home and praying okay God what can we do to help it was so it was so for you it was something that you couldn't leave alone I mean you left Fiji and I remember you telling me a while ago that it just stayed with you you could not get it out of your mind it did absolutely and it was a two-year prayer which you know typically you pray for a little and you kind of forget about what really you're praying about but God just placed it on my heart and I wouldn't let go of it and I told a small group of friends and family you know about this third world country I called many nonprofits in the U.S. and said do you have anything in Fiji is there something we could do and actually we had gotten in touch with a Fijian uh, pastor and he said we'll send books and we did but it wasn't very economical to send books so actually just a silent prayer in my heart and I found a verse in Psalms that really kept encouraging me after year into my prayers of um, you who go down to the islands let them give glory to God. And I had never seen anything about the islands in the Bible. And that just gave me a little God wink of keep praying. So 2007, two years later, um, maybe six, my math's not so great. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, remember kindergarten teacher, not (laughs) math. Um, Anyhow, right? Yeah, no. Um, We got the invitations for some medical doctors to go to Fiji as a family. Family. And again, it was a medical team and my husband is not a doctor and obviously neither was I as a kindergarten teacher. And in the midst of that, we were actually building a home and financially it wasn't necessarily the best uh, call. However, as my husband said, haven't you been praying about Fiji for two years? Don't you think this might be an opportunity to go and see what that's about? So we did as a family, and um, it was on that trip because, honestly, I never set out to do anything like what is blossomed into. It was more so discovering this one village, this one woman, and her name happened to be Anne, (laughs) and she had come to the place where the doctors were and told... um, one of the ladies there that we need they needed kindergarten in their village and she knew of 
what a kindergarten is because she had been um and a new she was very pretty much well educated for a local Fijian and the lady said well we have medical doctors coming so I don't know what to tell you go back home and pray about it and when I told this woman in where we were staying um that I had been praying for Fiji for two years and I loved children if there was something while we were there because we're not doctors and then she is the one that said well there was a woman two weeks ago her name is Anna and she just came to me and said we need a kindergarten teacher so it was from that that then we went down to her village and I realized quite, you know, walking into her little classroom, which was her room uh, at her home, and there was no doors. And we kind of fought going through the door with some chickens. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just from that one experience that I knew, okay, I could help this one woman. And this was July 2007. And then I thought, well, I'm going back. In September, I'm going to bring her the things she needs to help these children. And, you know, so then on that trip, I realized, wow, there were other villages and they were in the same need. So again, I went back a few months later and again, it just mushroomed. It became this thing of of a nonprofit. And and truly, it's not because of myself. It is just because I think just listening to God's calling, because at the time being a wife and a mom and just a regular wife and a mom, I, I wouldn't have had the courage or even the capacity in my brain to think that that one little village going to Fiji would have blossomed in now to, um, we've actually set up 168 kindergartens <gasps> over the last few years. Yes. What so. is the standard education level of a woman, a young woman in Fiji? Well, that's another interesting story. We have workshops and we cha- uh, train local teachers who actually are moms typically to come to our workshops for a week and when they leave they get a certificate of equivalent to what we would get here in the states for a bachelor's degree in teaching and it's signed by us Fiji Kindy Project but it's also signed by the Minister of Education so we get his signature Mm -hmm. his stamp of approval and that gives them the qualified version of being able to teach their sure. children in their village kindergarten. So as a as a young kindergarten girl, mm-hmm. let's just say, yes. after kindergarten, is there an opportunity for me to go to primary school? Can I go to first, yes. second, third grade? Yes. Okay. Excuse me, no, Denise. And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. How far how far will I get as a as a girl? Well, there you go. Um, this is the beautiful part that, again, the Ministry of Education in the last few years have come alongside us and have seen the need for early childhood education. We had some obstacles in the beginning, not necessarily from the top of the Ministry of Education, but local chiefs. Because, again, there's chiefs in villages and they rule. Sure. And if they aren't for it, which originally they weren't. They didn't understand the need, why children needed to learn early. There wasn't an early childhood education. And so we've had lots of obstacles along the way. But fortunately, um, 
we've gotten approval every time from a chief, gotten their blessing. And again, mm-hmm. it's really helped that they see the government approving of it. And then to answer, I think your question while I go, a woman needs to go through class eight, which would be equivalent to our eighth grade. So and that's mandatory by the government. Well, to come to our program. Oh, to come to, to your come, program, they have to continue on. Well, they need to have gone through at least class eight in order to become a kindergarten teacher. Okay, so, but if I'm just a young girl living mm-hmm. there in Fiji, mm-hmm. I'm in a village. Right. My education level, I would expect, could be what? Well, it could drop off depending on your family. Mm-hmm. It could easily drop off. If your father's not in the picture or mother isn't, if they've passed away, which their life expectancy is way lower than ours. Mm-hmm. Um so it, then they the child and especially the girls would so stay zero home. zero education no yes they do not have to typically they do not go to a, a secondary school which would be a, then college for us and the boys are they different the boys typically the family see the importance of the boys going to school but sometimes no because the they need help at home fishing gathering food and you know so they have to actually leave their village and go elsewhere to get an education beyond say eighth grade yes that's the other thing not every village has a school so we try to make it where kindergarten will be in their village right but unfortunately there are some villages that do not have the place or you know a teacher that's willing because typically they do not get paid at this level even with a certificate they're not getting paid or they're not getting typically paid the way we would think so well who would pay them i guess is the question oh so if my if i want my daughter to go to a kindergarten program i will pay a nominal fee well here's the fee okay a dollar each week on fridays or sometimes it's if I remember right, yes. it could be chicken, uh-huh. it could oh, be okay. eggs, yes. it could be vegetables. It's whatever the family can right. give. Yes. And I've even said to the families trying to encourage that these teachers are sacrificing their time yes. to do exactly what Denise said and don't leave them high and dry because some families, it kind of doesn't even occur to them that the teacher who may or may not have children has to do their own chores and so you know i've tried to say to the other the moms of the kindergarten teachers uh, of the kindergartners Mm -hmm. excuse me to do exactly what denise said even you know offer to do their laundry um just exactly what denise said Um, I, i think what is so hard for anybody and one of the reasons i wanted you on our show was because we tend as Americans and just people who aren't living in third world world countries to even comprehend, especially as women, Mm -hmm. what it is and what it looks like outside of our, Mm. outside of our country Mm -hmm. and outside of the fact that this isn't, we're talking about third world. When I, I had the experience, I had the, the pleasure and it really was something that was life changing for me to go on one of the Kindy Fiji um, expeditions. I'll call it an expedition. <laughs> I got to go there with my daughter, Jacqueline. Jacqueline was in um, middle school. Uh, well, she, she had just started high school. High maybe? school. Yeah. Yep. And she was struggling um, with her health. We yeah. talked about that on the podcast. And that was part of, I took her there 
as an experience, as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. I wanted her to see that, yeah, things were not going great for her at the time, Mm -hmm. but it could be a lot harder and a lot more difficult outside of where you live, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted her to see that. What was eye-opening for me was that we complain about our education system here in the United States because sometimes it's a little under par and sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in inner cities, they're really struggling. Mm -hmm. But compared to somewhere like Fiji, it's, it's like comparing apples and freight trains, right? It's like literally, <laughs> right. we have a situation here where even at our very worst, mm-hmm. they would give anything for that in oh. that country. The government does not mandate schools there. Is that correct? Right. Um, that is slowly changing, um, but very slowly. And there's not really like an accountability of that. They mm-hmm. they will say one thing in the government and then in the educational department. But when you actually go to the villages, go to the towns, it's another story. <laughs> so one of the things that I learned when I went there was the difference between a vil- the village mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. and the government itself. There is a village and each village has got its own set of rules exactly it's got its own hierarchy it's got its own family dynamics Mm -hmm. it has its i mean there's some villages that have running water and electricity right there's some that have none yeah it is literally like and there's some that have some people do have it and there's other people who live really off the grid literally where there's they're lighting candles at night Mm -hmm. to go Mm -hmm. to sleep Mm -hmm. they don't have protection against the elements a lot of times it was so interesting to me to see that they have to really fend for themselves to get ahead of mm-hmm. anything. Oh, yeah. And when you were talking about what the girls, when Anne was asking about what the girls, what it looks like, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, that really touched my, me and mm-hmm. it touched Jacqueline, my daughter, was seeing these young girls. Mm-hmm. And young girls that were the same age as Jacqueline or a little bit younger or a little bit older. And you could tell that they wanted so badly to have more. Mm-hmm. they needed more they had the potential of being more yeah and there was nothing provided for them mm-hmm. and this project this kindy program that she's bringing there is giving people hope mm-hmm. it you know they might not be getting paid a lot of money to do it but they've been that makes them feel good and it makes them feel it gives them a sense of purpose yes it gives them a sense of doing something for the community yeah and it makes them feel important mm-hmm. well and how are you getting your underwriting to because you're not going for free you no. have to have you have to have help <laughs> right well I will say we've had some wonderful people such as you Denise yeah. come alongside of us and be a part of coming and financially giving as well we are a 501c3 mm-hmm. so that's been a blessing um we have some wonderful friends that their gift is every time we go, they will give children's Bibles and adult Bibles and a devotional book. We are faith-based, but we do not try to shove our own beliefs or we're not trying to evangelize or anything in that nature. But even with the government's approval, because Fiji would say it is definitely a Christian country and even in the Minister of Education's office, it has the proverbs in the way a child should go. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of the proverb. <laughs> yeah. But they definitely, you know, believe in that. And they're encouraging that. And part of that is, you know, it is a sacrifice. And I don't think I would 
have sacrificed as much as I have if it hadn't been for that I could share my faith or or not necessarily my personal views, but more my faith of just believing in a God because he's the one. It's not because of me. It's Mm -hmm. because he's just worked through me. But yes, um, my husband and I have been blessed enough as well to fit our bill uh, because I, I this is very important to me a hundred percent of what anyone gives financially or in terms of sometimes schools donate crayons or this or that um, it goes to the children so no finances go to David and I my husband and we pay our own way oh. to go to Fiji and then for another blessing is that we stay in little resorts or her, sometimes the home of villagers but the resorts they want to do a give back to the local village so this is their way of helping us and of helping them is allowing us to stay in the resort oh, so you're and then partnering with them they well, yes, yeah. we have several partners in Fiji. That and, are on um, the island. Yes. And back to Denise's point, when we first started this journey, um, you know, your typical question here in the States to a child is, what would you like to be when you grow up? What, right. you know, and there were blank stares. And oh. the children, like, they didn't realize what else could they be other than a mommy or daddy in the village, a fisherman, or going out and uh, getting the bananas or the papaya. And the beautiful thing is now through education, they are realizing they can have the hope uh, and the dream to just dream that they could be Mm -hmm. a nurse, a pilot, a a policeman. You know, they're becoming aware of... um, the other opportunities and we have tracked through the years um where some of the beginning children are mm-hmm. and 85 percent have gone all the way through mm-hmm. and have gone to either south pacific university or excuse me university of the south pacific usp or there's a fulton college mm-hmm. and that's been a joy to 85%. now see 85 percent. that's a huge number Congratulations. It's, no, well, that's, it's not me, but it's been well, a joy to yeah. share that finally, you know, again, the chiefs are the important people, the council of the mm-hmm. villages and even the moms are understanding the earlier a child begins their education, research shows the further they will go in their education. We spend a lot of time on the island of Kauai and it's, um, there's a, still a, a, um, a sense of, you know, if you're from here, mm-hmm. you it would be nice if you'd stay here. But the education system is such that they encourage their kids to go get educated, go all the way if mm-hmm. that's what if that's your path, mm-hmm. go get a university education, go to a trade school, but bring it back here. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you? I, I'm asking. This is a huge question that you may not have an answer for. Have you been yeah. able to track that at all? Do people come back to yes. Fiji? Um, well, they don't usually go abroad. For school, they, they, they in, stay there. on the islands. Mm-hmm. There are, as I was saying, mm-hmm. um, a few, a couple of, uni- well, one university and then a couple of colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there are 322 islands in Fiji. <gasps> However, they're not all inhabited. Right. That being said, what's been interesting is the ones that typically go through because there's such family strong ties. Yes. 
they do want to go back to their village because they want to bring not just the knowledge, but also bring the upgradedness yes. to try to get their village to get education, right. to get running toilets, to get, you know, running water. And then we've seen that through the government's aid that as the kids that are now in their early 20s that have had education, mm-hmm. they are also realizing they're sm- I hate to say smart enough, but they are, they're understanding that that is a possibility. Right. So it's through these kids, young adults young that adults. have gone through school that are now wanting to go back and help their village. They, uh, one thing, as I tell my teachers, you don't know who these children will be tomorrow. Mm-mm. You know, you are investing yourself into perhaps the future prime minister, the future ministry of education or ministry of health. And that will help change. And well, actually, I hate the word change. Oh, excuse me, not hate, but I'm I'm not liking the word change because I don't want to I love the way of life. I love village life. It's more over to improve yeah. just to improve the quality of life because there's too many children that we know of too, too many young moms dying at childbirth or dying of this or that and they don't even know why oh. they just oh they had a stomach ache and they died. They, died. they died and you know that's just how it is because yeah. the medical community is also very unfortunately below what our standards would be I think that people probably can't even comprehend what village like is life is like. You're right. Can you give us a little bit of a snapshot? I mean, I my experience was very eye opening when we Mm. went there. First of all, first of all, for everybody, and I hope I'm I'm doing it justice. But for the most part, there's villages. There's 320 islands, and within all of those islands, there's at least one village, right? Typically, and, and there's there, some uninhabited, but yes, but there's, majority, yes. And and on the big island where you have, there's there's a lot and lot of those people, mm-hmm. and the chiefs are up in their own political kind of, how oh, does yeah. that work? I mean, it's, it's a little complicated because you say chief and people are thinking, what are you talking about? But yeah. the chief literally, when we went to go mm-hmm, visit, mm-hmm. we have to present him with a gift right so that he will let us be there yes and we sit down and we break bread with him yes we drink kava kava and you make sure that you are respectful i mean when we went there there's a lot that you need to make sure you do one of the things is Mm -hmm. you wear sleeved shirts that's right and you wear a nice it's called a sulu a sulu or a sarong correct type of thing it's a sulu but you do that because you want to fit in and you want to be respectful. You exactly. don't want to be standing out and you want to respect their culture. Yes. There is a lot there that is oh unbelievable for us right. as Americans to really comprehend. It is so true. And, you know, I've been there so many times. We typically, other than COVID, um, yeah, go there. How many times would you go there a year usually? Three times a year mm-hmm. um, and stay for, the longest we can stay is four months without a visa. Mm-hmm. So we'll stay quite long, as long as we can. Um, and fortunately, we have three grown adult children that bless that um, and understand and have been to Fiji, right. you know, Um that being said, um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning the culture, the customs. And just when I think I get it all, I don't. 
and I do love living in the villages um well for several weeks I would say because that in of itself just their whole routine of Mm -hmm. bedtime um nighttime um again like you said the chief is the chief and I mean really the chief (laughs) and you do have to before you go into a village for the first time you do have to go and someone arranges it for you to meet the chief and it is like you said Denise where you break bread and you have kava and you humbly ask if you may come into their village and invite any woman typically and I like to have two per village to train and sometimes then we'll have other women come from other villages and make it be a week-long conference but we um the basics train the teachers but we have to get the approval of the chief and usually we do and it's usually a translation a translation thing most chiefs do not speak Fijian uh English is their official language however Fijian is mostly spoken in the home um but yes um like you said the protocol is very important and uh, one incident uh we've had many years ago is we had we had a resort owner sponsor a woman to come and come to our workshop and get the school supplies and go back out to her village and she was very far away and had to take a 24-hour ferry to get to us which we've had women walk six hours to come to our program it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable the how they'll get there but they make sure they get there and anyway so this woman um went back to her village and again she was sponsored by this local resort and when she went back with all the school supplies and ready to go the chief said no and he took the bag that we bring um and it's extensive it's big it's big it's amazing it's actually the bags that the um, military use to go on missions <laughs> and bring their things. Um, that being said, he would not allow it. So I, we, my husband and I, um, had to fly out to that. Not it was the island across from that, and then take the boat over and have the chief come in he was very old and again i think probably intimidated i don't think he knew how to read himself and we just modeled a huge key to some of this some of this resistance is absolutely unknown and yeah it it almost challenges who they are oh yeah 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 the change that perhaps is coming where really we do try to stress an improvement not a change right. so that was that's kind of a slip of a word while ago but um w- once we came and demonstrated with children and modeled what we do and explained it via a translator and then the mom well she was actually a young 20 year old something not a mom yet um that showed that she could also implement and do he was speechless and 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 just astounded and he gave his blessing and it was just the most wonderful thing because he had held that bag for a good six months (gasps) before we could get there to um you know do what we needed to do and um the the main thing is for the women that want to teach and give up their time and again sacrifice if they're lucky besides the gifts as you were saying the eggs or the chicken that 
parents try to give them to help pay them um some villages they try to round up a dollar each week each family Mm -hmm. and they give that on friday well it's kind of usual that the child won't start be at school on friday (laughs) and then they'll come monday (laughs) oh boy (laughs) without the dollar (laughs) you know so that's very common too but back to uh these teachers they need as we're semi saying while i go they need to have themselves themselves go through eighth grade which would be equivalent to our eighth grade just to have some of those skills but one of our very best teachers who lives in a very remote area, and actually she has walked eight miles, uh, no, not eight miles, eight hours to come to our program. Um, she only went through class six. And I watched her, I nurtured her, I went to her school, and she was natural. Yeah. And so we had to write a letter to the government and get permission to see if she could please be the teacher and would get the certificate and they fortunately agreed and now is that eighth grade rule you're doing or is it the government no well perhaps both that being said it's typically the cutoff date of when girls in particular stop school got it you know they're about 14 and their parents need them. Typically, there's the mom has had, there's many babies and many families. Mm-hmm. So the older daughter needs to help cook or clean or, yep. you know, help that's, at home. That's how it was not that long ago here in America. Exactly. My, my father-in-law was a product of that type mm, of thing. Yeah. So it's not, it's not totally uncommon. It's right. just that it's hard to believe that there hasn't been, I think it's Americans, we assume everyone's yeah. on the same evolution path as we are and it's just not that way yes um i'm curious though what's in that bag what's in the bag oh you're so cute (laughs) (laughs) it's a big bag what's in the bag i know denise you want to tell well you know i think and you can i'm just going to tell you from my experience which was when we got the opportunity to go and and the reason that i got the opportunity just as a little background um and we know each other from my sister, who is her hairdresser. Of course. She's a hairdresser <laughs> the at the start. For like 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. My sister, anybody needs to get their hair done, you want to go yes. to Jill at Images. Um, Absolutely. In front of she's awesome. Uh, she knows everybody. Um, yeah, but true. she wanted to introduce Anne and I, um, and she kept telling me about this program. And it just so happens that I wanted Jacqueline to have this experience. And Anne was kind enough to let me and Jacqueline go. Before you go, you have to, you know, kind of get ready for it. And we put together some parts of that package, Mm -hmm. which were basic um, learning tools, Mm -hmm. which are Mm -hmm. crayons and pencils Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. writing paper. And then they go above and beyond. If you ever went to one of those school classroom supply companies, you know, Mm -hmm. where you have the little things that go up the side of the the chalk the, bo- the billboard yes yes yes, yes, not yes, yes. it's uh yeah the cork yeah, board. Billboard. yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the board in You're the right. room that tells uh, all the kids what they're going to do next mm-hmm. we are so dumb uh-huh. <laughs> no i'm yeah <laughs> we, we are we're out of it <laughs> yeah, but, yeah mm-hmm. that that they have a little bit of everything me, they yeah. also have things in there that are related to the scriptures the mm-hmm. basic mm-hmm. stories of like you know yeah. Noah. Um, Noah yeah exactly right, and, right. And, and things you know there's music uh, we had a wonderful music person that came with us and she had a guitar and she would go in there and we would sing with these kids and teach them 
Christian songs mm-hmm. sure. that were just so heartwarming to see these kids kind of be enveloped by the love of God mm-hmm. and Jesus mm-hmm. and just feel like they understood. And, and I, mm-hmm. I really love the fact that Fiji is related as a Christian nation, mm-hmm. right? They embrace that. And right. so there's been a lot of um, different religions that have gone over there and somewhat influenced mm-hmm. different villages. Mm-hmm. So there's Seven Day Adventist is mm-hmm. one of the villages that I stayed in after we had mm-hmm. our experience. And it was, you know, it's just, it's it's heartwarming and wonderful. There's, yeah. there's just good things about it because mm-hmm. of that. Um, mm-hmm. But tell them a little bit more about well, what goes into these yeah, packages and how um, you get that, those supplies. Definitely. Um, well, along with what Denise said, we have children's scissors, um, mm-hmm. things that would be typically maybe at a home of a child that, mm-hmm. you know, they've these children have never seen. They they've don't, never seen them. You know, ever. Like, don't know how to even hold a crayon. Like, what's that? Oh. They don't know if it's a candy. Oh. Um but besides those basics, we have um, ca- children's calendars and the alphabet and numbers and days of the week and shapes colors. and colors. Exactly. All the things a kindergarten teacher would need to teach. To set up a yes, room. Yes, to set up a classroom. And the wonderful thing, thank goodness, about our program, we give them everything freely mm-hmm. and we really do talk to them about being wise and they're the keepers of it and if they're not the teachers anymore that it goes to that classroom mm. we've never had any abuse um with the things we give um that being said we also give a set of things for a teacher's desk we give a adult scissors a stapler tape yeah. um and even like this sounds silly, but even string and um, pa- um not paper clip. Well, paper clips too. But um, wait to hang. Get the clothesline, clothespins. Thank yes, you, clothespins to hang the artwork. Um, just all kinds of things that a teacher would normally have. Oh gosh, even a little bell. Yeah. <laughs> and we also bring uh, world globes because <gasps> I think it's really important that the children, even the teachers, see how far we came and that we're not you know right here and they're here and way across the pacific ocean we came from california and sometimes actually there's other states where other people have come to help us and um just so they can even get a a small geographical area of where we're coming from and that we care enough about them that Mm -hmm. we're coming that far away. And then back to what's been a blessing is that we go back. We don't just go to one village, do maybe 10 teachers at a time with 10 different bags. We go once a year to do a repeat workshop and invite all the teachers that have been through our program to come back and we restock them Mm. with things that, you know would have already crumbled like the crayons or you know and then yes and you know children's book and puzzles you know lots of learning games blocks even those styrofoam blocks are awesome because they're not heavy yeah um so and again like denise said too they are a country that missionaries from you know the 1800s early before the turn of the 19th century or 20th century um have gone from England, the London Missionary Society, and as Denise said, uh, other um, 
I guess I'll say religions that have come. Um, there's a strong, uh, most every village has a church. Yeah. And so it depends what kind of faith got there first, yeah. whether there's a Catholic yeah. church right. or right. whatever that might look like. And so a lot of times the villagers will ask, well, what are we? You know, what, yeah. what, and, and we say, you know what, we're just believers of christ and we just want to share his word and because of that is why we come because we're able to share god's love and again we don't try to proselytize or say what we think personally on our faith we just want to share god's love and teach the children as denise said um a children's bible and stories of noah or or any of that that's part of the curriculum and what we do is when we go in the morning the children are at school and then all the teachers that have come to our conference they are there as well and then myself and a team such as denise and her daughter jack and come and then they help teach the children we all have our little jobs um with just different things that you would do in a normal kindergarten classroom and the the potential teachers from the villages watch and then the children go home and we provide lunch for the teachers and ourselves and then the afternoon is when we talk about what we did in the morning we talk about what you know what it looks like just various things we yeah. every afternoon's a different topic we all kind of break in groups and just talk share you know anything you sure. know d- just things that may occur that hopefully they'll open up to us about um what does it look like to discipline a kindergartner oh, when you know that's true. well, well even, you gotta you know, do that because it's different in a different culture absolutely they've never heard of timeouts or <laughs> I mean, not that we want, but just, you know, trying to help them through the true problems. And um, the other thing I'm super proud about, Denise, which she's helped tremendously since she's even been on the trip a couple of years ago. Um, we want to really encourage those teachers, those women. Um, we don't know what their home life is like. No. Some are in their in the single some are young some are old some are grandparent moms or mothers and they just know the importance of what we're doing but we try to really reach them in a way that would be encouraging we bring little goodie bags and that's what denise has done many times um you know shampoos conditioners a hairbrush a mirror uh nail clippers i mean just things things yes literally Uh we take for granted that they don't have let's say you get a headache there yeah they don't have a pharmacy in their village right they have to take a ferry Mm -hmm. to the mainland And it's not cheap. No, they can't afford. They can't afford. They can't yeah. even afford the ferry ride to get there. Exactly. So unless they sell a fish on their side of the road. Right. Literally, <laughs> you know? literally, it is on that level of rural. It's it's mm-hmm. rural. And um, but I also want the one thing that was very not surprising, but we equate uh, poverty with sadness, maybe, mm. or with you know no joy, mm-hmm. or you know. It's, it must be terrible to mm-hmm. live there. These people are happy. Yeah. The Fijians, the one thing that I have held with me since I've been there is that these are one of the most joyful groups of people I've ever mm-hmm. been around. Number one, they're beautiful people. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside 
appearance is just there's something about them and then their smiles I could start crying because they're just they are good good people you had an experience of you knew that God wanted you there and so you sacrificed quite a bit to get there and have these experiences going there three times a year is not easy you've left your family you've had some challenges happen to you during these times in the last seven or eight years that you've been really going how long have you been doing this first of all? 14 years 14 years <laughs> i think uh, we came to, with you about eight or nine years ago maybe Gosh, seven or eight years ago hard i to know believe it, that was it, that long ago a couple <laughs> years ago and i was like i think it was a lot longer than that probably but and and <laughs> the, the plan was to go back but real shortly which you will that, which we will you and Anne. yes we will <laughs> yeah. um but one of the things that i know that has happened to you and your family over the, the past few years is you've really had some struggles personally i want to talk a little bit about that because i think a lot of times people have this idea that if you know you're running a nonprofit and you mm-hmm. live in the united states your life must be so great and you do have a good life but you've also had challenges how have you been able to deal with the challenges that you've had? You've had some physical challenges. Mm-hmm. Both you and your husband have, have suffered from some, some pretty hard things. Your family has had some challenges, like everybody's family. Right. I just want people to understand that your sacrifice and your faith has come at with a price. And how do you keep the faith and how do you mm. keep going? I mean, that's yes. a long-winded question No, for no, you, no, it's a great question. I wanted you to, to kind of speak to that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, at the beginning, after I realized, okay, Lord, you know, this is something you want me to do. But again, I never blossomed. It never occurred to me it would become a nonprofit and just mushroom. That being said, so the first few years, the doors opened easily and it wasn't difficult. And then, although I will say, unfortunately, and I get very embarrassed, I get migraines. So that was a bit of an issue. Um, Even when you're there, you get them. Oh, yeah. But I will say it's interesting how I don't get them as much there. And I really? think, I, I, yeah, I think God has just spared me with that. Or if it's about serving others. And, and again, they are there. Well, yes. The <laughs> and the people, and the as people. you said, they are the friendliest most joyful people in the whole world and i like to say also the most beautiful brown-eyed children i mean really? and i mean children of adults or whatever yeah. of the world the most beautiful brown eyes but that being said um well financially to be honest i said we were building that home and we came back and 2008 hit and my husband it was in real estate for 38 years and boom chakalaka mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a devastating time we were able that to was a recession that exactly was a great recession now that it, it truly was yes but you know i can look back and see a bit of well a lot of it but still sometimes questions of god's hand in in that but we did end up selling that home after living in it for a short time and for eight years, we were hop, skipping, and jumping. Uh, Twelve different times we moved. Somewhat homeless. Pretty much right. for a long time. <laughs> but we did end up at the very last, um, spending two years in an apartment. And we do live in Laguna Beach, and it's a beautiful place to live. 
But as you know, as women, if we don't have our little nest, uh, at least myself, I felt very unsettled. Mm. And it really did a number on just, I, I don't know, as a mom, feeling like you didn't, I didn't provide for my family. Didn't have this, a place for them to come. Uh, yes, and, and right. It wasn't home per se, and all our things were in storage. It was a furnished apartment, and mm-hmm. uh, yes. But that being said, um, in the midst of all that, I contacted a, a virus, which is called Ross River virus, mm-hmm. and it's a mosquito-borne. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did get it in Fiji, but I don't want anybody no. <laughs> to be afraid of that no, because we were we know exactly where i was and it was a very far out island that we don't even take people to because it's so far out and uh, i actually stumbled upon a huge swarm of mosquitoes mm-hmm. but it was very hard to diagnose um the cdc does not do blood work for this and mm-hmm. i went to probably eight doctors many um i remember when you were going through this yes it wasn't fun and i mean my husband had to bathe my bathe me feed me oh um gosh. i was like a baby i'd wake up at two in the morning and all of a sudden be like as a baby would be like i need my bottle i would be like i need oatmeal or i need i mean it was the weirdest thing and Mm. and so again going to all these doctors and not getting an answer and after a stack of 100 blood tests um we finally went down to scripps and immediately the doctors at scripps in san diego i have to say were amazing and identified what they thought it was sent my blood work to australia and within three weeks we knew i had ross river and it's one of those things like a virus an autoimmune um I guess I'll say, I don't want to say disease, but it's an autoimmune virus that kind of goes in remission and then will all of a sudden rear its ugly head. So I, I can't dealing with this. Yes, it comes and goes. I just, the thing that I've noticed in recent years is I just can't go, 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 go. Um, I need to go and go and then take a restful day, you know, and just not overdo it. That's probably what everybody needs to do. Right. right? That's that's way of saying just slow down. Slow down. Yes, Mm -hmm. I, I do agree. Um, so, and then, um, unfortunately my husband then three years ago was diagnosed with colon cancer and um stage four so that um was a big challenge and he handled it amazingly well i was a basket case yeah so that was another challenge and again that was before COVID. so we were going back and forth to fiji and I can't tell you what it means to know that you have people around the world praying for you. Yeah. And our Fijian friends and family, you know, they didn't even really know what cancer was, but they knew yeah. that we were oh telling gosh. them something serious. Yeah. And they all just bowed their heads oh. as in another cultural response of respect. And um, we... Uh, it's just been amazing how God has still continued to use us and to answer that question of how do I kind of keep going when these obstacles come along. I honestly, as I said earlier, and I still say, um, it's really not me. And if anybody knows me, 
Uh, oh, it's so not me. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. That being She's s- being modest. I'm, oh, I'm no, no, no. I, I will say it's honestly just trust and faith and knowing, you know, until I feel that God ha- has stopped calling me to go there, which I've had many family members tell me I should. Yeah. Um, I, I still feel like, you know what? It's not finished. And mm. my heart is there. And... Um, you know, I get homesick for Fiji. And oh, how long um, has it been since you've been there? You know, it was amazing because a year ago, February, David and I did just a spontaneous trip. And our mission actually was to go to the Ministry of Education and do some kind of PR work. And then we went to a one village where we have really a family and stayed with them. You and then tell us what village that is. <laughs> you know I know I I, I think you should do a shout out to her because it is an amazing place no no go ahead I you you. well Rusilla is her name and um, Gumasea is the school and gosh Rusilla if you ever listen to this please know you are one of my favorites but I have to give a shout out to Anna and Vinnie Kura who was the first kindy teacher and class and then also to my friend Saiki who was the sixth grade um, mm. graduate mm. Um, I still you know many many the medical care again many don't have teeth many don't have their health is just but they keep going so that probably inspires me and just to know true that god truly i'm just a vessel and he's honestly and i i I really mean that i don't i i hope that never sounds not humble because it just truly is because otherwise i'd be in bed with the covers over my head i think that's (laughs) a lot of us too if you don't have like a greater purpose i Mm. totally understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but are you telling us that you went in February of 2020? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I didn't really finish that. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's fine. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. You got in before? Yes. And that's what's amazing as we did. uh, And it was, again, a spontaneous trip, which I do believe it was God's little God wink of, you know, just go. And we did. And then a couple of weeks later, it was March and no Were you out of Fiji when the Yes, by like a week. You know, we didn't, we were starting to hear about it. Yeah. But again, Fiji, you're off the grid, so you really don't know yes. news too much. Yeah. So do that you was have, when. do you have a current trip plan to go back? Well, again, there's only one airlines out of the States that flies. It's government owned called Fiji Airways. So they have not flown yet um, mm. at yeah. all. Fiji yeah. is still closed off. Um, the government has said that, of course, they've said this several times and pushed back, but they've said 1st of January they plan to to begin. And my husband and I are saying we're the first ones on the first flight. Yes. So I pray. I oh. pray for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. so yeah. excited for you and hope Thank that you. that happens. In the meantime, you're looking for anyone who would like to help partner, help donate, give books whatever that would be so they can contact you through the uh kindy fiji 
website. Website. Yes, which is Fiji Kindy Project, either dot org or, or dot com. com. And of course we'll post that on all oh, of our yeah. socials. Um but and I just think yeah, it's such a great me. opportunity for people who may not have the option of going to Fiji. That's not feasible for everybody. Exactly. And it's tough traveling. It is. I remember when Denise <laughs> went and when she came back and she was like, Well, there were lots of long boat rides and mm-hmm. lots of trying to like kind of get your head on straight and Completely. then go teach people it's very there's, it's a there's challenging no, there's no simple way to get to Fiji right. or even yeah. to get from one village to the next yeah right and, and that's i think probably logistically that's the biggest challenge that she's under she's underplaying it because mm-hmm. the logistics of all of this that she's had to go through um j- just for these people to get to the villages we'll do a village she'll do a village you know seminar or a, a yeah workshop workshop for mm-hmm. these people and they might expect 15 people to come 15 women and she might get 12 and we find out that they just couldn't get there or right. there was weather that mm-hmm. didn't yeah. permit them to yeah. even within the islands of fiji oh it's yes. challenging yeah I yeah mean, we, mm-hmm. we, we, where did we stay we stayed at one of our favorite resorts called nukamati island right. and to get to nukamati from the second puddle jumper plane that we take it's about an hour and a half to a dock and then from the dock we take about a five to ten minute boat ride to the to where we stay Mm -hmm. and then so every day going to the school we take that five to ten minute boat ride to that dock and we walk about half a mile Mm -hmm. to the school yeah so it is quite the challenge there's there's no roads i mean it's (laughs) not like you're like oh let's get on to highway Mm -hmm. five and yeah (laughs) yes we walk there's no (laughs) bus that goes that way nothing people that are coming the kids are walking at the same time we are to go to school and these kids and their families don't have shoes they're yes, not wearing shoes. I mean, that's true. It's, it's just so amazing. Yeah. And it's just such a testament to what you've brought to these people that mm. it is. If, if anybody has the opportunity to check it out, the project, the mm-hmm. whole situation, if you have the inclination to donate anything, it, it's, it's not, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. I can attest to the fact that every single thing gets used and Everybody that goes volunteers their own time. When I went, I paid for my own way with yep, my yeah, daughter. Yep, yeah. And then we, I mean, the experience that we had, though, is life-changing. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like it was a mission trip for us. And oh, it was. It, it I mean, was, I feel like it always is. It always <laughs> is. No matter what the mission is. Right. <laughs> it's a mission trip. Let me ask you this. In the, the different villages, mm-hmm. where do they conduct where do they hold the school is it in someone's home uh yes sometimes it is um sometimes it's on the beach yes sometimes sometimes it's just out it's outside and you've got some shade exactly sometimes you kind of don't they go under the trees under the mango trees Mm -hmm. let me say um but if it's attached to a school then the local council under the chief's permission will build a separate building uh, for the kindergarten class some of the villages also have community centers so they'll meet there and then a lot of times it's in the teacher's home And then, yes, occasionally it is over the beach. I mean, excuse me, on the beach. On the and, beach. And, and actually, another side note is, in a beautiful way, Fiji is now making it compulsory, trying to have every child that's five years old go to kindergarten before class one, age six. That being said, not every village has someone that wants to volunteer to teach or ha- just can't, whatever that looks like. So one village in particular, in fact, on the side where you went, Denise, 
it's a little village called Ravi Ravi, children have to walk with a parent escort every Sunday to go over a volcano hill, which takes about 45 minutes for them. And then that mother, whomever walked the children, stays with them during the week. They board and they're connected to a school school and the mother though has to make the food watch children and they stay there monday through friday and then on friday after school they walk back over the volcano and go home and they're six years old or excuse me really five five. because class one and and then the next week another mother does it and again that's what we're trying to implement and hope that at least every village could have some form as the to me that's just too young to go as a five-year-old but that also speaks to though the the culture Mm -hmm. and the family vibe for lack of a better word i've seen it in Kauai. Mm -hmm. you are sort of these aren't your kids but you're responsible for these kids and you take great pride in that and there's really no question that get these kids over the volcano rock yeah. and that's just the way it's going to be because mm-hmm. it's a whole different like hierarchy and cultural setup yes over there that it's another thing that we can't really understand because yeah. we're like, i'm not gonna let some lady take my <laughs> five-year-old over a volcano <laughs> right and, week. and stay for the right. week and what's going on. yeah <laughs> but you do you do and you i think do. a lot of that is just the community yes. itself is so tight knit under under the village and the whole setup of with the chief and how they've run it for hundreds of years um in these villages Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just there's so much more i could share regarding the customs and the culture and just how it is and um and yet still as i said i'm still learning after all these years um you know, I, just so many different things that one has to go and respect. And one thing when I do bring others, I try to explain, um, you know, from here, no garbage in to Fiji, mm. meaning whatever you have going on within your own personal, please try not to bring it to Fiji. Right. And then with Fiji, whatever they experience, negative or not, please don't bring that that garbage back home. Yeah. Because there's a lot of customs and culture that we would be shocked about, perhaps, because they're different mm-hmm. from ours. Mm-hmm. But it is their world. It's their country. It's their culture. It's their country. You know, and I don't want bring, people to bring back, you know, and not that they're it's horrible and it surely they're not Pollyannas as well as some people may think, but it's not right to bring perhaps some of the negatives or it's not even negatives for their country, but bring them, bringing that back home because I don't want anyone to think Fiji is less than thank you i can't right, think how to say that yeah well because you're judging it from a, a from our, standard, our western standard you can't do that you cannot you do absolutely can absolutely the, the yeah. one thing that i think is just to be noted is that we take for granted our education system hmm. i mean how many mm-hmm. parents are just complaining that you know the bus didn't pick their kids up in time or yeah. that the, there's not a bus that takes them right and these people are are walking you know 
yeah miles to get to school Mm -hmm. and they have to pay for their education exactly we we have it we take we take a lot for granted yeah well i've learned first world problems compared to third (laughs) world and you know it it has changed my outlook over the years i mean how many pair of earrings do i really need and (laughs) maybe you know just the money i spend on anything here that is necessity as far as groceries or this or that but i do think twice on what X could feed a family for a week or, you know, and that sort of, those sort of terms. But again, a lot of people have asked me, well, why aren't you doing something here? Why aren't you maybe filling the needs of Los Angeles and the homeless or Santa Ana or any other need that there would be here stateside? And all I know to say truly is that God called me to Fiji. And so, Again, anyone that wants to come alongside, as you shared, um, it doesn't take going there. There's right. so many things that could be donated, uh, mm-hmm. whether financially or the the materials themselves or a Target gift card. Um, you know, it all can be used. But um, more than anything, I would say, please pray for the people of Fiji because they have had it's it's an amazing culture and it's very difficult village life but as you shared denise um they really are and we've traveled all three of us i know um all over the world and you know fiji just has my heart obviously it it definitely took my heart as well it was Mm. amazing one of the things that we ask for our guests to provide us or give us is a tag a takeaway gift and i'm sure you have something that is your kind of mantra or something Mm -hmm. that you are known for that you would like to share with our group? The only thing that I believe that matters in my personal life and what I try to share with my children is um, if it doesn't matter for eternity, it doesn't really matter. And I just personally believe that. a really Uh, good one. If it's not eternal, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's right. And Cooper, so good to see you again. We're so glad to have you on. Bula Vinaka. Ah, Bula Vinaka, Denise. (laughs) I feel left out. What is that? We can't tell you. Oh my (laughs) God. I'm back in eighth grade again. (laughs) I love it. Well, you can teach if you go to (laughs) Fiji. That's true. I can. Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. Vinaka Vakalevu. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bula Vinaka. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed today. Bula Bula. (laughs) (laughs) i'm ann police and i'm denise cooper we're two average girls we thank you for joining us please uh get on our instagram and our facebook page uh they are two average girls podcast that's where you can find them and you'll be able to find all the information about ann cooper and her terrific nonprofit at both of those places thanks for joining us we'll see you next time (laughs) 